0: Hello and welcome to the Chapter and Verse podcast. My name is Kenneth Paget, and I teach an in-person Bible study on Wednesday nights at Christ the King Grace in Pauly's Island from 5.30 to 6.30 and we are currently going through the book of Genesis and this podcast is intended to be a recap podcast. It's a much shorter version of the longer in-person teaching on Wednesday nights and so it's really for people who are Uh, who've missed a week, or who want to be refreshed on what we talked about before, um, or who are joining in later and want to get caught up on where we are. Uh, I understand that there's probably people on the internet who have stumbled on this, perhaps one or two of you, and you're definitely welcome to join along and to follow along. But just know that this is an abbreviated teaching of the text, So, without further ado, let's jump into Genesis chapter 13. Okay, so um, last week we mentioned in Genesis 12 that God calls Abram, and he calls Abram as uh, an attempt to, not even an attempt, as the initiation of God's redemption of humanity. Uh, his calling is directly tied to the to the account that we find in Genesis one or in Genesis 11 um, where there's this scattering where they come together to build the the tower of Babel that all humans do and then there's this scattering and confusing judgment that happens. but God is going to bring humanity into his presence for blessing again. he's not going to leave us uh, out scattered and confused. and so he initiates um, a way for that to happen and the way he does that is he calls an Abram he calls a man named Abram and he says hey through you i'm going to reverse babel i'm going to bring the nations into my presence for blessing and what we saw last week was like he his he providentially shapes Abram's life um, and uh, allows him to kind of prefigure the pattern of redemption that God is bringing to the world. And it's an exodus-shaped pattern. So we noticed in chapter 12 that there was a famine in the land and Abram goes to Egypt, which is exactly what happens to Israel later on. And he goes down there. And while he's down there, um, he there's this stuff with Pharaoh. And um, he's released because of the severe plagues uh verse 12 of 17. Uh, I'm sorry verse 17 of chapter 12. there's a there's severe plagues on Pharaoh and his household. That should sound familiar to anyone familiar with the Exodus story that happens later on. And Abram comes comes out and he has, you know this increase. It's like he's taken the spoils of Egypt with him, right? And there's there's a lot of the same language of like go and and then sent him and his wife uh, away. That language is picked up in the Exodus narrative pretty heavily. But this Exodus thing is not just a, you know, Exodus, the Exodus itself in the book of Exodus um, is not just an interesting situation. It's a pattern that has been established here in Abram. Abram goes the way that his people will go. He, he, he um, prefigures the Exodus um, he walks the path that his children will walk. Um, but why? It's because it's establishing a pattern of redemption. The reality is that as humans, we are we are bound in slavery um, to this world. And um, God is going to redeem us from this world by calling us out of slavery, sending us through um, what becomes more full in the Exodus account in Exodus is you're sending us through the waters by the means of the Passover lamb's blood. Um, and all these all this imagery of the Exodus shows us and fills out the way that God is going to redeem humanity and calls us into His presence. I mean, the, ex- the at the Exodus, they they leave Egypt so they can meet with God. And so that's what they, that's what happens. And so here, there's a little hint. Here's a little providentially, God has shaped this little, this first little moment with Abram to be an Exodus shape. He goes to Egypt. There's plagues. He comes. Pharaoh sends him out, and he's he's um, he has the spoils of of Egypt, and with, he's he's gained actually in this in this situation. And we know that that's the case with Egypt. They they in in chapter twelve. Um, verse thirty five of Egypt, they 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 leave with the spoils of Egypt. Um, and it talk, it talks about how they are silver and gold that they take out. So here we are in chapter thirteen, verse one. That's what happens. The silver and gold are mentioned. it's it's a it's um, kind of these verbal connection points. So we're continuing this coming up um, out of Egypt and um, prefiguring, the trek or the kind of prefiguring the the pattern of redemption that God will continue and stick to even in Jesus. And that's what's going to happen. He is the Passover Lamb. Um anyway, so um chapter 13 we have this idea um and we 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 see that um Lot comes to the fore. And we mentioned Lot before in chapter 12 and it just says, you know, Lot was with him. And we knew who Lot was from chapter 11 because Lot was his brother's son and his brother died. And so you're kind of expecting at this point that knowing that Abram will be made into a great nation and um, that that there's going to be offspring for for Abram and by those means the nations will be blessed. We might be figuring since Abram doesn't have any sons of his own, Sarai is, uh, is barren, um, that Lot would be the obvious means by which that would take place. He's basically the closest thing to a son that he has, um, his brother's son when his brother died, so it's his adopted son, basically. And so we, we saw Lot go down with him into Egypt, and now we see Lot coming back up with him from Egypt. And Abram makes this trek um, back into the Promised Land, and we're told that the Canaanites are, are living in the land. And then um, there's this quarrel that comes up between um, the uh, shepherds of the livestock uh, for, from Lot's, um, Lot's household and Abram's household. And they're told to separate. They make this uh, plan to separate from one another so that there won't be any conflict between the two Um, the two houses, and so, so that's interesting. So like, okay, well, I thought Lot was going to be the way. Okay, I guess it's not going to be the way they're being separated. We'll see how God uh, provides in the future. Um, But there's there's some interesting points in in chapter thirteen that are that are worth looking at. Um, Lot, uh, as as it happens, Abram is giving Lot the choice of the land. He's saying, hey you choose what you want to do, and I'll go the other way. Um, and really remarkable on Abram's part, because the land is promised to Abram, um, as we'll see at the end of this chapter. But um, here here Lot chooses a place that uh, looks and feels like Egypt, uh, you notice in chapter, or I'm sorry, in, yeah, in 1310. And so Lot chose for himself uh, the plain of the Jordan, okay, and Lot journeyed eastward, um, in in verse eleven, so that they separated from one another. Okay, so already, if we're if we're following this kind of literarily, and we're noticing some key words and some key themes here, um, Lot journeying eastward. Well, who journeyed eastward? Well, Adam and Eve were exiled eastward out of the garden. Uh, Cain went eastward. Uh, the people, when they gathered, they gathered in the east uh, to build the Tower of Babel. There's this eastward trajectory in the first chapters of the Bible for humanity. And that symbolizes a direction away from God. And so this note that that Lot journeyed eastward is is this the author is signaling to us, hey, this is not going to be good. This is not a good way to go. And that he likes the land because it's like Egypt. Um, that's interesting as well. Interesting note there, because we know the, how Egypt plays in the story. We've already seen it once. Uh, where are coming out of Egypt, uh, but it's going to play bigger, obviously, in the rest of the, of the Torah, in the book of Exodus, and, and, and even on through the rest of the story um, of the Old Testament. And he goes and he's and and um, Lot in the, settles in the cities of the plain in verse twelve, and that's another interesting point. I mean, that's what was happening in Genesis eleven. They're building cities. Cain builds a city. The the folks in Genesis eleven, all humanity, <laughs> builds a city um, in the plain of Shinar. And here Abram. I uh, hear Lot is choosing to dwell in the cities of the plain. And, and when he goes out by the plain of Jordan, this is where Moab, the country Moab, will be. Who is an enemy? They're like distant cousins of the Israelites later on in the story. And the reason is because Moab is Lot's son. And Lot, Lot's... A- after Sodom and Gomorrah, when Lot is rescued... If you're not familiar with that, um, we'll get there. But if you are familiar with the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's destroyed, and Lot is rescued, and him and his two daughters. And his wife turns and looks, and she turns into a uh, pillar of salt, so she doesn't survive. And they kind of think that it's the end of the world. And so the two daughters get Lot drunk, and they have children by him. So already not a good situation. And um, one of the children is Moab. Um, and he becomes a nation. And the the idea here is that he's eastward. He's in the plains of, of the Jordan. Um, he's in the cities of the plain. He's near Sodom. Um, he is he's chosen to be what is technically probably off of the Promised Land. He doesn't want to partake. He he himself wants to be in a land like Egypt. So there's all these things with Lot where you're just thinking like, okay, this this he's making all the bad choices that we've seen happen before in the narrative of Genesis so far. He even pinches his tent toward Sodom. He's looking toward a place um, that we learn in verse thirteen. Now the men of Sodom were extremely wicked sinners against Yahweh. That language is the same language from Genesis 6, when all humanity was wicked and they were evil, right? So, this lot is making all the wrong choices here. And Yahweh says to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him, Now lift up your eyes and look uh, from the place where you are, to the north, to the south, to the east, and the west. For all the land which you will see, uh, I will give you and to your descendants forever. Right? Right? Um, so here we go. We have, um, God, this, this whole narrative, by the way, I mean, God's given him a lush land, right? Where he will live, um, and his descendants will grow like the dust of the earth. Um, if any were, and if anybody was able to count the dust, that's what your descendants would be like. Arise and go through the length of land and its breadth, for, I will give it to you. So Abraham did it, settled in the, near the oaks of Mamre, And he built an altar to Yahweh. Okay, so in the in chapter thirteen, they come up out of Egypt. Uh, They have the spoils of Egypt. They go and they there's a separation of folks of Abram and Lot. Now in in the Old Testament, you get a lot of especially in the in Genesis. You know, just Genesis, you get a lot of like juxtaposing figures. Okay. So you, you think of like Cain and Abel and Esau and Jacob, and Judah and Joseph, and Sarah and Hagar, Leah and Rachel, and here's Abram and Lot, right? And so you have this, these two figures that separate and Lot kind of goes the way of Cain, right? He goes eastward. He goes to the cities. Um, he's, he wants to be, uh, well, not that Cain wanted to be, but um, he, he goes, he's kind of wandering eastward away from God. And here is Abram, um, who is, who is firmly planted and established in the covenant promises of God. And so we see this juxtaposition of character, and we also see, um, how Abram and Lot separate. And, um, will will continue with Lot for sure in the next chapter in, in 14. So I think what's worth noting here is just that this is a um this is already establishing for us um something that we've we've seen before of the plight of humanity. Abram Abram is different than a lot of the characters we've seen. We've seen Noah and uh, really in that in that narrative from Genesis 4 all the way to 11, we basically have Noah, who um, is a righteous man and who serves God. And here we have Abram. And this is a different type of situation with Abram. We're really going to stick with Abram for the rest of the Old Testament. Uh, even after he dies, we're just following his descendants because they're the means by which all the nations will be blessed. Um, so that's really probably it for for 13 that I'm going to do here on this podcast. Just wanted to help, um, fill in what's happening. We're going to continue with Lot next week in chapter 14.